members of the OG Army. Get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the other ground live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Saturday, the 25th here in the year 2020. And it is fight companion time, regardless of the fact that Jay's going to go to bed in an hour. <laughs> well, there's fights on now, so it's fight companion right the fuck now. Uh, I see the OG armies forming up in the chat box. Always good to see you guys here. Uh, how'd your day go, Ryan? Uh, you know, uh, took the dogs out for a bit, kind of got out of the house, but then got back, took a took a short nap, knowing that I'm about to be up for the next, oh, seven hours watching fights. <laughs> and don't, and I'll be honest, I wish I could join you. Uh, although actually today specifically, I don't wish I could join you because I feel like fucking shit, but we're not going to go into that. People are tired of hearing about my various health woes. Uh, I'll just say that my day, other than how I feel, went pretty good. It was one of the busiest days so far at the country club. It was the first day where it truly felt like, uh, regular day for me because on a regular day i'm normally busy as fuck and today i was and i was super happy about it because as i mentioned i feel like shit and when and busy always makes the day go by fast um so we have any topics that we want to talk about or we just gonna get right into the fight that we're watching well i mean we're watching a fight that is sure to probably go to a decision i think as we're watching this relatively boring fight how about the fact that regis philbin died yeah, that's kind of sort of a bummer, isn't it? I mean, obviously, I didn't know the guy personally and, you know, uh, only professionally, but he seemed like he was a cool dude, uh, funny, uh, a little, you know, a little on the old school corny side, but, you know, definitely not a bad person. Uh, you have any things to say about good old Regis? Oh, absolutely nothing. Uh, he was, what, like 80 years old or something. He died. 88, I think. He's 88, damn near 90. He had a pretty good run. Good for him. Yep, that's true. You know what? I'll be honest with you. This fight is a, a little more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Uh, how do you say uh, the uh, Kanzad? Kinzad? She's actually pe uh, piecing Beth up pretty good. Well, yeah. Beth Cahaya is not exactly great at well anything. <laughs> Dude, she also looks tragically out of shape here. Uh, is that just me or does she look pudgy as fuck? She's always looked like this. Like, this is Betch Cohea. Like, it's not really any different than any fight I've ever seen her in. It's just, yeah, this is Betch Cohea. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if you were you watching the fight before we came on because I turned it on just to see the highlights of the first round and saw something really fucking weird. It was like, it, it was like Betch thought the uh, the round was over and turned away, and the other chick just lit her up. And you know, I was watching the you know the, the review of it, so I had and I don't have the sound on, but I assumed the fight wasn't the round wasn't over because the ref didn't leap in to try to stop it. Uh, so I have no clue what the fuck was that. Did you see that? Yeah, that was the uh, the ten second mark. You know where they give that oh. audio cue that there's ten seconds left. Right, right. Apparently, Kohea thought that was the end of the round, which is never the case. The end of the round is a horn. 
the 10 right, second that mark is thing. like that clapping noise yeah so yeah that's just her being dumb as a box of dick <laughs> yeah she doesn't seem to have a really high fight iq um uh, from what I understand, she's not a horrible fighter as far as that goes. It just seems like she makes uh, not so awesome decisions in the ring or cage, rather. Yeah, let's. Uh, uh, she. It, it's Betch Kohea. That's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. See, I the only problem I had with her really was the tremendous amount of shit talking she uh, did in the Ronda Rousey fight. And this is and this is kind of before Ronda Rossi kind of turned heel. So there, you know, it's not like Ronda said shitty things about her. You know, um, so I was I've never been a fan of her, to be honest with you, because I don't like that kind of shit talk. She was she was kind of personal about it and shit. Well, I mean, she had to do something to drum up any sort of excitement. She's never been good. Right. Been <laughs> this. She goes yeah. out with yeah, just yeah. this like. It's basically she looks like a female Vanderlei before he got good. Oh, just tr- getting by in toughness. Yeah, like that's all she does. She doesn't have like good technical striking. She's not great on the ground. She's not well really great at anything. She just goes out and throws some kind of weird loopy shit and hopes to knock someone out. I don't know this other chick. Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert on it, obviously, but it looks like she's actually got decent striking. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, she's, I mean, she's not doing bad, but she's not doing great either. Like, if you take away that just wide open shot at the, the end of the first, like, that's about, that's about it. No one's really been rocked. Uh, Kohea had that, what, that takedown in the second. That that looked like the, there, uh, but... That looked like it didn't even it wasn't even a takedown. The other chick just tripped while she was moving backwards. Well, it's still going to get scored as a takedown. She ended That's up true, on top. That, uh, yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not a super exciting fight, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, that's why it's on the prelims, right? Exactly. Yeah, people know that. Yeah, this was not going to be you know the giant barn burner. This was never going to be uh, on the short list to take fight of the night. Right, right. I just, it, 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 I'm just thinking about the, how do you say your name? Betch? Like that? Yes. Yeah. So Be- I, I, just, I just think, okay, I was just thinking about Betch's fight with uh, Ronda Rossi when Ronda was so fucking pissed that she just beat her up, you know? I think, and I think that was part of Ronda's downfall right there because she had such a good success on her feet with Betch, uh, you know, basically knocked her the fuck out. And so she started thinking that she was good with her hands. And obviously she is not good with her hands. Uh, she just fought someone who was actually worse. <laughs> so, uh, and after that, she started wanting to swing at people instead of just taking them down immediately. And that was a horrible, horrible mistake on her part. No, Rhonda's entire downfall was never getting a real coach. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yes, of course. Uh, although I've heard things that as a boxing coach, uh, Eddie's not all that horrible. Um, I mean, he got to where, I mean, well, he had to have been okay to get to where he was in the first place, I assume. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like she was fighting in professional boxing. This is mixed martial arts. And you have a Olympic-level judo person, and you're trying to get them to fall in love with their hands. So that's not going to go well. 
And no, also going yeah, back exactly. kind of to the shit to the chat, Homelander. I'm assuming that's you. Yeah, I had definite problems with EFTN Plus um, on the last fight companion. Like I paid for the goddamn pay per view, paid sixty five ninety nine or whatever it was, and I kept getting playback errors too. It would just say like video or feed or whatever is not available at this time or something stupid like that. Started during the prelims, went all the way through the pay per view that I paid for. I ended up having to, you know, head down to the nearest, you know, the nearest creek and, and go fishing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Homelander pointed out that uh, Betch was an accountant like eight years ago. So she doesn't even have like a background in mixed martial arts so or, or any kind of martial arts at all. It's not like she would, you know, she didn't even do like karate or taekwondo or anything like that. So even like the less effective one, she did nothing at all until she wandered into an MMA gym eight or nine years ago and decided that she wanted to be a fighter, which good for her, but that's not really a good base to start on accounting. Okay. Very few accountants do well in the, in the UFC, I think. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on all of that. There's no way I would trust her to count to 10. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. Well, you know what, you know, she's not an accountant anymore. She's a fighter. So apparently she wasn't very good at it. <laughs> she managed to take well, this yeah, chick down again, was, though. If she, if she was an accountant and she wasn't very good at that, and she went to this and she's not very good at this, and she somehow thinks she won the fight, I guess we'll see. I did. Absolute I didn't see her do anything effective in the women's division again. And, and the worst part is she seems so proud of herself. It's. <laughs> You have nothing to be proud of, lady. The most effective strike you threw was like a knee to the other chick's butt when you had her down. Uh, you've, I don't think anyone's ever won a fight by kneeing someone in the butt. Yeah, I don't know. They may have. There's been a lot of fights out there, Jay. <laughs> he kneed me in the butt so many times I had to give up. It was too much. I could not handle it. I tell you what, if I took you down and I started kneeing you in the ass until I broke your tailbone, you'd you'd be tapping. <laughs> yeah but you have to admit that's not the most effective strike that you could throw for, uh, while you have someone in their guard in your you know while you're in someone's guard rather well no I, i'm also not going to say that this fight had the most effective anything ever <laughs> okay well the, this doesn't surprise me in the least bit uh that uh uh Panini uh, outstruck uh, Betts uh, in every single round by uh, w by a comfortable margin. Well, yeah. No, for I, those not watching, well, they, yeah, they're the showing a graphic she, about safest strikes. Yeah, and I, I I see that. Like I, the only thing with Kohea is is when she connects, she she hit harder. But yeah, she's right. just not technical at all. Yeah, she got quite the shiner too, doesn't she? Yep, Kohea lost. Oh, there you go. She that... probably cut her by now. She's lost, what, like 73 fights in a row now? <laughs> I can't remember any that she's won. I'm assuming she has to have won some fights in the UFC. Who she beat? Uh, probably some people have never heard of. Maybe a trash can. <laughs> uh, oh, no, she, she beat Sajara Eubanks. I didn't see that oh. one coming. Wow, who is not bad. She was. Uh, she actually beat my friend Roxy, although I think she weighed in over, so I I don't count that. If you miss weight, you're a cheater. One, 
She mm-hmm. she missed main. She beat main eventer Jessica I. <laughs> wow, that actually surprised me because supposedly Jessica I is supposed to be pretty good. Everyone keeps the, the UFC certainly th- thinks so. They keep on giving her fights. Yeah, I think we all know better, especially having watched her fight in a main event and it was terrible. <laughs> That's her nickname. Her nickname that, is the main event. Huh? has lost. What was that, Jay? Uh, that's her actual nickname, the main eventer. Who? Just guy. Just guy? Yeah. No, I, I have no idea if she even has. Yeah, oh, that, she, her her nickname is Evil, right? Jessica Evil Eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought you, you said. Oh, you said in a main event. Uh, I thought you said her nickname was the main eventer. I'm like, that's kind of pretentious no, for now, someone who's fought on, like maybe she... once in the main event. No, not from now on. She is the main eventer. Jessica, <laughs> the main eventer, evil, I, the loser. Yeah. But anyways, you're going to yeah, say the people that, that like uh, the last... have beaten Betch. Yeah, so the people that have beaten Betch Kahaya, Rousey, Pennington, uh, there was a draw, I guess, against Marion Renault, Holly Holm, Irene Aldana, and then now Penny Kianzad. I mean, if you're going to judge a person by who, who they fought, she's got a pretty impressive resume if you ignore like who won in all those fights. Because those are some pretty big names. You know, Rachel Pennington's really good. Obviously, Holly Holm's really good. Ronda's really good. Uh, you know, those are not scrubs that she was fighting. Uh, but on the other hand, she lost all, to all of them. So perhaps a case of uh, trying to uh, fight above your ability level. Yeah, generally when you lose five of seven... In the women's division, no less. I, you probably should be going back to accounting that you apparently weren't that right, great at. Right, right, right. <laughs> Come on, Homelander. This is a relative term. They're, when you compare them to the other women in the division, uh, Pennington and Holmes are actually pretty good. I'm not saying you, if you don't think they're good fighters, I can understand that, but compared to the rest of the division, they are. Wouldn't you think so there, yeah, Ryan? I, but this is the problem with women's MMA. You have these fighters that, like, if you transfer them over, like, to a men's division with their with their abilities, like, they wouldn't be top 15. Um, Holly Holm, maybe, because no one can de- deny her boxing and kickboxing record. Um... It just hasn't translated as well enough to MMA as I thought it would. I thought I had really big expectations for her because you can't really find someone, at least in the women's field for boxing and kickboxing, that's better than her. She's fucking amazing. Uh, but when you put her in MMA, she tends to just like swing from the outside and never hit anything, it seems. Well, yeah. So again, you transfer that over to a guy, they're still going to sit there and just wing stuff from the outside and have a terrible game plan. Like... Yeah. Still not going to be top 15. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. <laughs> what was that, Ruthie? Is a pud fucker someone who enjoys defiling puddings? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, some days I shouldn't even read the chat box. It's too distracting. <laughs> so fine, your name's for Cal. always read I the chat box. No, it's, it hurts my feelings lots of days. <laughs> I don't need my shortcomings pointed out. I'm quite aware of them. 
So while we're uh, between fights here, did you did you catch up on the Bellator fights at all last night? Uh, just I just looked up who won, and it actually looks like we called that shit pretty good for the most part, huh? Yeah, so Claxton got absolutely robbed of a decision. It was a boring fight. He pretty much fought like Kamaru Usman, which makes sense because he now trains with Kamaru Usman. But somehow a judge gave that fight 30-27 to the other guy, and there's no way that other dude took all three rounds. Like, there's literally no way that happens. Right. I was trying to find the results for it. It was on the top of the uh, UG when we started in the morning, but they've already taken it down and moved on to the UFC. So let's go to favorite MMA site, bloodyelbow.com, and see if they over here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so the judges' scorecards on that one were 30-27 uh, Claxton, 29-28 Wilson, and then 30-27 Wilson, which that judge needs to be dumped off a pier in some cement shoes. <laughs> Why is MMA judging so bad? I mean, over and over again, you see because them the same... fuck up shit that... Oh, great, well, it's the same judges that judge boxing, and boxing has been corrupt as shit forever. I don't. I don't think in this. case, It doesn't feel like corruption in a lot of these cases. It's you know because I don't think. Uh, to me, it just feels like people that don't know what the fuck they're doing, and I don't understand it. I am hardly an MMA expert, as I've proved over and over and over again. And I feel like I can tell you who is gonna who won the fight, and with a reasonable sense of accuracy. You know, so I don't understand how they can't do it. Well, again, they are complete boxing judges, and. If I asked you to judge a boxing match, like you probably wouldn't be nearly as accurate considering you didn't know who Roy Jones Jr. was. No, but, okay. Like, and, that's, and that's what it fair. is. You have these people that are experts in one field and you're just throwing them into another one and you're trying to get them to do this 10-point must system, which doesn't really make sense in a three-round fight anyway. Like, right. The whole system is just broken. Just like that guy's fucking weight training. huh? Holy fuck, dude. Look at this, dude. Captain Jiggles I told you over when here. We were making uh, the fight picks that it looks like he had never done a sit up in his life. Holy shit! Okay, I, I'm I'm for, I, we picked Bozer, didn't we? Both of us. Yeah. So did uh, K Barbs. Right. Right. Now uh, the, the one thing I will say is the is uh, uh, Captain Jiggles over there is a bigger guy in general. So uh, even without his fat, he'd probably be a bigger dude. Uh, so uh, it it. You know, so even without the fat, it looks like a different weight class almost. I wonder what the Bozer weighed in at. Uh, I'm sure they showed it, but I missed it. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention. He's probably in the 230, 230 range, somewhere in there. Tubby that guy much? probably guess... came in around 245, 250. Like the other thing you have to think of, right? Like is generally these kind of jiggly dudes don't weigh as much as you think they do because they're just carrying more fat. Right, right, and muscle weighs more than fat, obviously. So, yeah, you're right. So the weight difference might not be as bad as I'm thinking. Uh, he, he's got a larger frame, too, though. Yeah, he is just a, a bigger dude overall, but still, like, yeah, this guy needs to maybe try training. <laughs> so how if you were fighting this, how would you do it? You'd probably just stay on the outside and try to uh, carry it into the later rounds because there's no way that... Uh, Pessoa? There's no way a Pessoa's got any kind of gas tank, I would think. If it's me, I I don't get paid by the hour. You better believe I would just be 
peppering some leg kicks, try to get him to kind of start circling left, just hit an, an outside single and just take him down and pound on him. Hmm. But that's because I I was always a wrestler. This is what I did. I pretty much had the same game plan against anybody I ever fought. So you never so um you don't think uh, you don't believe in changing up your game plan uh, according to who you're fighting because I know lots of uh, the MMA fighters uh, say they're at a disadvantage um when they have to fight someone that they weren't expecting. Obviously like when it, you know, like when someone drops out of fight and there's a last minute replacement, obviously it's more of a disadvantage for the new guy who might not even have a full camp or anything. But I've heard lots of these other guys say that they didn't hate that too because they trained for eight weeks against a certain opponent and now that opponent's been changed up who has a completely different style and they don't have time to prepare for that. Um, do you think that's not a, as a big a deal as they make it out to be? Well, I mean, at, at a high enough level, absolutely makes all the difference in the world. I'm, I'm talking, you know, from my experience in, in fighting and, you know, converted fucking bingo halls and, you know... <laughs> Having tape on the person that you're fighting is is about a one in a million chance. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you, it wouldn't matter who you're fighting. You can't. You don't know enough about them to prepare, anyways. Yeah, the only way I know who they are is if it's someone that you know I I did you know wrestling meets against, and then I would know. Hey, this guy knows how to wrestle too. Maybe I do need to stand up a little more. But yeah, otherwise I knew nothing about virtually anyone. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, there's not been much going on with this fight so far, huh? No, you got Bozer, you know, moving around a bit. You got Jigglypoof, you know, trying to make it through the round. See how heavy he's breathing afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So Bozer, that, that's actually, I, I think, a good, uh, as I mentioned, I think Bozer should probably try to stay away from him as much as possible and just wear him out. And that looks like what he's doing. He's making uh, Jigglypuff chase him around. Yeah, he's really just... I, th I think what he's doing is trying to, you know, lull Jigglypuff to sleep with the, you know, with the nice soothing rhythms of uh, Tanner Bozer's mullet flying in the wind. <laughs> that is a fucking mullet, isn't it? Holy shit, I hadn't even noticed. How did you not notice the glorious mullet? I don't know, man, because it's he not that glorious. He put some work into that guy. Uh, he put some work into that thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind Definitely of a... Is, it's business well, in I the didn't, front and party in the back. I, well, I didn't recognize it as a mullet because he doesn't have, like, the uh, classic uh, crew cut on top that, that the most mullets have. He's, you know, he got, he's got, like, a normal, uh, slightly long haircut, cut short on the sides and long in the back. I don't know if you could call that a traditional mullet. That might be, like, a new wave mullet or something, huh? No, this is the hipster mullet. Like, if you notice, he also has kind of the, you know, the hipster beard going. Right. I bet you if yeah. you saw him outside of, you know, fighting, he's probably wearing an unironic flannel shirt. <laughs> he might wear glasses with no glass in the lenses. Probably. I bet, you he, I bet you if you asked him his Starbucks, you know, order, he would have it right off the top of his head. Ha <laughs> Uh, shit. You know, I did. I used to like Starbucks. Um, well, I still do. I just don't drink coffee anymore. And I, I haven't stopped at Starbucks in years and years and years. Cause I stopped drinking like, you know, those ridiculously sugary, uh, drinks, but goddamn, at one point I'd love to quad shot, uh, caramel latte. 
Yeah, I have no idea what any of that shit is, but it sounds terrible. Oh, it's delicious. Well, a latte, uh, you, dude, you're not familiar with uh, coffee drinks at all? No, why would I be? I've never been a coffee drinker. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. Well, a latte is uh, uh, between one and however many shots of espresso that you want. So you know what espresso is, obviously. Um, then they mix that with steamed milk um, and then have like foamed milk on top of that. So it's like a three-part drink. Um, and obviously, you know, they can put different flavors in it. I like caramel and I had them do a quad shot, which is four shots of espresso. So basically it was four cups of coffee in one big cup. So basically what that sounds like is some, some foo-foo fucking umbrella drink, but the coffee version. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing, a quad shot caramel latte will get your day fucking going, my friend. <laughs> if the if the four cups of coffee that you're drinking all at once doesn't do it, the bazillion fucking grams of sugar in there will definitely do it, dude. I used to grab one of those on my way to work every once in a while and get like all my paperwork done in the first hour of the day. Just rah! Jay is in a good mood. Jay is energetic. Yeah, Jay is answering phones. Yeah! Until, of course, you know, you drop off the cliff around two hours later and now you feel like shit and you want to go back to bed. Yeah. And, and you wonder why in your ripe young age of 68, you now can consume like four ingredients. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Although I stopped that years, uh, years and years ago, at least uh, five or six years ago when I started getting into the, uh, um, health thing. Uh, basically when I hit 40, I decided I better get myself in the shape because, you know, um, it wasn't a good thing to be uh, skinny and fat at the same time. And that, was, and that was basically what started my entire uh, fitness journey. I looked down one day and I had a pot belly at the age of 40 and found it unacceptable because fat's fucking gross. Uh, and I've been skinny my entire life. I, and I was used to being skinny. I could deal with being skinny. But to be skinny and fat at the same time just didn't seem fair. I looked like a straw with a jelly bean stuck in the middle of it. That was like my physique. And I, I wasn't having that. So that's when I started doing the DDP yoga and all that good stuff to you know, try to lose fat and maybe gain a little bit of muscle. And did I did that for three or four years or something like that. And then decided that I wanted to add weight training into it because the OG was making fun of me for being skinny as fuck. <laughs> and that's where we are today. Uh, I, you know, I dropped the uh, DDP yoga entirely except for the stretches before and after. Uh, Cause obviously I don't need cardio and focused on the weight training, which by the way is going pretty good. Uh, I have to start remembering to look at, uh, the workout the day before so I can ask you about stuff because there were things that on there that I had no clue what the fuck to do and so I just did the best that I could uh, shit let me ask you anyways because I'm sure I'm going to see some of this shit again uh, let me pull up the old uh, programming thing and get on the correct week oh so is uh, done Tanner Bozer oh my yeah that's done I missed it uh, he get him? for the win he hit him with, just hit him with a good shot was that what happened yeah, I don't know. He almost reacted like he got poked in the eye, but then he just like gave up. Oh my! He might be having uh, a heart attack. I don't know. <laughs> ah, here we go. We want strength block uh, week two. I think it is. No, where where the fuck am I at? Uh, no, it's just a left kind of over the top. Looks like it got him in the eye. I wonder if he might have uh, broken his orbital because he just kind of. Seemed to give up. Oh, it wasn't even a yeah. strong shot, but yeah. It wasn't a 
It wasn't a poke to the eye. He just got hit in the eye. Oh, Jesus and then he Christ. curled up in the fetal position and asked for some Funyuns. <laughs> well, I mean, shit. I, you know what? Let me go to my uh, thing. I should probably... Okay, no, that's not where you want. Uh, every week I take a picture of uh, this week, the week's programming so that uh, I have it on my phone. And then I that's what I use to um, make sure I'm doing the right things. And... Let's see. Do, 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 I might do, be do, off do. in my Brazilian and, you know, obviously Brazilian style Portuguese, but right. I'm pretty sure he just asked for ice cream instead of ice <laughs> for his eye. Okay. Ah, here it is. Uh, on Wednesday, you had me do deadlifts, uh, 15 sets when it says rep one per 30 seconds. And I didn't really understand what that meant. So it's exactly like it sounds. What you do okay. is you are basically doing a total of 15 reps. You're doing one rep every 30 seconds. Okay. That seemed kind of weird because you guys, you only had me at 60% strength. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that wouldn't be a big deal at all. I normally do whatever sets you give me and then have a minute and a half rest in it. But, but just doing one set uh, every 30 seconds at like 60% of my max, it didn't even sound like it would be hard. And, and this is supposed to be on the strength block. Uh, what I ended up doing was just like heavy weights, uh, I think uh, four sets of five or four sets of six. Uh, so now that I know, uh, I will be able to do that. Uh, unfortunately, that doing that wrecked me. Uh, and so, so which makes more sense for uh, now that you, you explained to me what it was, because the next thing was pause below knee deadlifts and pause above knee deadlifts, which I couldn't do any fucking at all. Uh, and obviously, if I would have followed your routine and did the 15 at one for 30 seconds, I would have been nice and fresh for the next couple sets. Uh, you still wouldn't have been fresh because even at like 60 percent, like mm -hmm. you're still supposed to be doing these like explosively and really, you know, putting your all into each one of these. By the time you get to about that eighth or ninth rep of doing mm -hmm. those every 30 seconds, mm -hmm. you're going to be getting tired. And then especially okay. after that, when you start doing the, the pause deadlifts, like that, that set of 15 that you did every 30 seconds, like it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Ah, I have noticed that with squats. Um, cause with the, uh, with today, uh, I, it was a squat day and I didn't notice that you had me doing less weight than the first squat. I don't know why I, like I said, I'm tired in the morning. Sometimes I don't pay attention. Uh, the first squat sets you had me doing were uh, uh, like sets of four or five at 80 to 85%. So today's squats were four to five sets of six at 70 to 75%. I didn't notice that. And I thought I had, didn't have quite enough weight on my squats the last time. So I added weight instead of taking it away. <laughs> and I got through all my squats just fine. But the pause squats did not go well, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, that's these are these are things you're going to need to get used to over time. Like, especially when you look at like going back to that deadlift workout. Like, you're going to look at some of these things, and the first couple times you really do them, mm -hmm. like it's going to look a lot easier than it ends up being. Hmm. And and that I have noticed that, and I've been trying to uh, avoid overdoing that because, like, lots of times, especially last week and somewhat this week. Uh, since last week was right after a deload week, I kept on feeling like I didn't have enough weight on there for whatever exercise you were telling me to do. But I did notice that you have me doing lots of exercises that are very similar to each other. Uh, so by the end of the workout, I, I realized that for the most part, if I didn't have enough weight on there, it wasn't by much. 
So I'm, I'm learning that uh, just because I do, I get through the first couple sets and it doesn't feel heavy. I should probably not fuck with it. Well, that, and just the fact that, you know, like you truly don't have a real max now anyway. Right. So by the time you end up at the end of, you know, this, you know, six months of programming, you should get to the point that you understand like truly what your max is for most, uh, if nothing else, just the large, the big three movements. And then right. when you go back and you do this for the second six months, like you're going to have, you're gonna have a lot closer to what I was trying to program for you versus what right. you ended up doing. Right. So, I mean, you'll still sense. see a lot of a lot of growth from what we put out for you, but like by the time you actually get a real a real max weight understanding, I think you're going to get even more gain from it from from doing it that way. Right. Um. Question for you. On all these things, you've always uh, always said GHR or hamstring, and I've always done the uh, stiff legged deadlifts because you said that was good for the hamstrings. Uh, today it, it didn't say GHR or hamstring. It just said GHR. And I don't know what that is. Well, you don't have like really a, a good place to do that. That's a glute ham race. Like you don't really have a, a way of really doing that. Like I, you might be able to kind of rig something up as far as like maybe getting down on your, your knees and kind of wedging your feet under like a bar or something like that. That's not going to move. And then right. just kind of, you know, pivoting at pivoting on your knee, like bringing your body down towards the ground, like right above the ground and then coming back up. That's really what a glute hand oh. race is anyway. Okay. Okay. Like I can try that. Seen those yeah. YouTube videos. Like you'll see, You'll see like uh, like college athletes and things like this trying it where they'll have someone stand behind them pushing down on their ankles and you'll see them try to do kind of that glute ham raise where they basically get their nose right to the floor and come back up. So the whole thing is oh. very, very controlled. Okay. I, I ended up doing stiff-legged deadlifts because I couldn't you know, think figure out what GHR meant. So I, I didn't even know how to Google it because if you just put GHR, that's not, probably not going give, to give you much. So I assume that wasn't the exact uh, uh, lift to do, but I found that uh, I want to do it something rather than just skipping it. So I figured that's the lesser of the two evils. Yeah, so doing a stiff-legged deadlift, it's still going to hit kind of that muscle group. If you can figure out a way to, you know, lock in your, your, your ankles and have the ability to kind of do like a real, a real kind of glute ham raise, like that would be best. That's going to get you more, like more activation. You're right. I could probably figure so out give it something a try. like that. Like, yeah. But yeah, if that you will... can't necessarily do it and you may not even be able to do one rep of that to start out with. Right, right. Yeah, um, but if you can't, then yeah, keep doing some, keep doing the stiff legged deadlifts, but then just work on those, right? Like it's kind of right, like right. the same. If I, if I'm starting out trying to get someone to be able to do pull ups and they can't do any pull ups yet, like still absolutely work on the pull ups, but I might have something else that you can do as well. Right, right. And speaking of the entire weightlifting thing, in the good news department, I got a uh, this. Actually, I got this call two or three days ago, and I keep on forgetting to mention it. They moved up my appointment. I'm going to the endocrinologist this Monday. Oh snap! Yeah, We're I'm have TRTJ for in like a week. I don't think so. I bet you he doesn't see. I bet you. My, I bet you my uh, uh, my testosterone levels are just fine. To be honest with you, 
Uh, I'm just not built to work out. So I'm I would be surprised if he did anything for me. I'm hopeful. I hope he will, but I don't expect it to. Um, how old are you again, Shay? I will be 47 next month. Yeah. Um, if you just look at the population as a whole, as a whole mm -hmm. you generally start losing about 1% of your testosterone a year after like age 30 even. Hmm. So you're probably a good, and just knowing you with like the way that you've eaten and the, you know, how long you've actually been active and working out, like you've probably lost a good like quarter of your testosterone production, which means you're probably going to be on TRT. Um, not necessarily. Uh, I, I believe there's probably doctors out there that think, uh, as long as my testosterone levels are where they should be for a 47 year old dude, that, that there's not a problem. I don't think uh, every doctor out there thinks that uh, at the age of 47, you could you should have the same testosterone levels as when you're 21. I'm hoping this isn't one of those dudes, <laughs> but there is a ch good chance of it that, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you're, you're no, your normals, your levels are completely normal for your age. You're fine. I can see that happening. Well, and if that guy says that you counter with, that's not the point. TRT isn't for getting your level to what it should be for an old man. It's about getting you back to like a peak production of testosterone. Right. And right. Like, yeah. yeah. And which is well, any what I'm sort of I, endocrinologist I, I, that's worth a, worth a damn. They're going to, they're going to know that fact. Okay. Let's hope. And obviously worst case scenario, uh, he doesn't help me out. I go find a different endocrinologist, right? Exactly. If if this endocrinologist does not do what you you know you think is the right thing to do, which would be get you on TRT, then you look up an anti aging clinic. Hmm. Which is probably a lot a lot less likely to be covered by my insurance, but I can certainly look into it. I imagine. I'm sure you'd find one that that is covered under your insurance. Like right, they're pretty right. they're pretty good about that. Like you. If you shop around, you could find someone that will put you on TRT from like the age of 28. Oh, geez. <laughs> All right. Oh, look, we got a fight starting, man. Uh, yes, never heard of either Evola of these guys. Versus Grundy. I picked Grundy, I believe. And I'm feeling pretty comfortable with my pick now. If, you, if you're going to do the old uh, judge the fight by eye, Grundy looks like a, a more. Uh, more of a badass, so to speak. Yeah, I picked uh, someone in this fight. Um, <laughs> Jay, you're supposed to write this stuff down. Oh, I stopped writing that shit down, dude, like months ago. <laughs> you're supposed to be like the source of truth. Otherwise, I'm just going to claim at the end of the fight that I, I picked the right guy. Well, I mean... I, it's a preliminary fight. Doesn't actually. You know, weren't I, our, you supposed to just set it up to where we were going to do this on a site somewhere that records it for us? No, that wasn't me. Uh, I did say that we should pro that if we if we wanted to keep track of it, we should start using that MMA fantasy site I was talking about, where you just go through and make picks for everybody, and it, it, it keeps track of it for you, and it actually uses a point system. So, like, we could do it like an entire season. That's what we should do, actually. Uh, we should start our own. Well, that's fantasy what I'm talking about. You're supposed to figure line. all that out and give us links and tell us what to do and create a yeah, training document forgot. so we can refer to how to interact with the site. 
Okay. Well, I can do that. Let's first off, let me go on there and see where we are in the in the events. Okay. Well, Come on, we're in event board, three of ten. We're we're in event three of ten. Uh, so, we, but that's all right. We can start a new league, uh, a new uh, league, and start any time. Uh, if you guys want me to set that up, I'll try to. If I remember, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Uh, the site you want to look for is called MMAPlayground.com. So all you guys that want to play with us, what you need to do is to go to that site. I will go ahead and start our own uh, fight. They call the uh, nice no, fight takedown camp. by Evloef. Yeesh. Um, uh, they have something you can you can just play it by yourself, obviously. But one of the things they have are fight camps where you can join like other people and have your own fight camp league. Not only is that fun because you uh, it gives you the comparison between uh, the other people in your fight camp every uh, event and then for the season, it also ranks your fight camps compared to other people's fight camps. And they do it by weight classes. Like if you have like only three people in your fight camp, you'll be like a lightweight. If you have like 20 something people in your fight uh, fight camp, you'll be uh, under the heavyweight. So uh, that way it's easier to compare. Uh, and then they'll give you your ranking comp- uh, in your weight class for your fight camp. Uh, so if you get a whole bunch of people that are really good at this, you know, you can like, you know, end up having a really high ranking for your fight camp. Uh, so it's a, it's a good time. And as I mentioned before, in addition to the fighting, uh, picking the fights, you can also do fantasy betting as well. And it keeps track of that as, uh, you know, and uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, as I mentioned, if you guys want to join in on this with us, uh, go to MMAPlayground.com and go ahead and make an account. And tomorrow, uh, let me make myself a note. I will go ahead and make a fight camp and invite anybody that wants to play with us. And that concludes our paid promotion part of the podcast. Be sure to use code J for it's free anyway. Yeah, <laughs> dude, and it's it, the place used to have a ton of people using it. It seems to have declined a little bit over the years. There's still plenty of people on there, but uh, I used to be like uh, I remember scoring like number twenty out of one thousand four hundred people, and now it seems like there's normally like five or six or seven hundred people picking any particular fight. Yeah, I'm just looking for something that I don't have to remember who I picked. Oh, it works perfect for that. Yeah, we don't even need to be in the fight camps and stuff. You can just you can just go and check it yourself. But yeah, it'd be it'll be easier for a fight camp together because then it can we can compare who had did better in general. Now, I mean, they, obviously, we I, know that I I get about ninety seven percent of fights correct, so we're we're fine. <laughs> yeah, and as I mentioned before, in addition to picking who you think is going to win, it also asks you to pick what round and what method. So, you know, like second round submission, third round unanimous decision, third round, you know, split decision, and so on and so forth. Can can it be, you know, second round disqualification due to groin strikes? I think I'm going to use that one Um, a lot. (laughs) Look, just because you wish for something to happen, that doesn't mean it will. Uh, You know what? I don't know if they they have disqualifications on there. That might not be one that you could pick. I'd, I'd have to think about it. It's been like uh, six months to a year since I actually played on the site. Uh, all the people that we played. The the Underground used to have their own league for this. Uh, technically, they still do, although I stopped playing. Uh, so I haven't I haven't checked back in a while to see if uh, how active that particular league is. Um, I was actually in, in two ones. Uh, one, one for my friends from uh, my Kevin Smith forum days, and then another one when I joined the Underground. Uh, but it, after a while, it gets kind of annoying to try to do fight picks for two different leagues. Well, I'm sure you fared pretty well in the Kevin Smith one, because that's just a bunch of nerds who probably know nothing about fighting. 
I did pre- about the same in both of them, actually, because the, 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 you get to remember the uh, people on the Kevin Smith forum that joined the league were people that were into MMA. So uh, uh, they weren't too bad either. I, nor- I normally scored like first or second in that league, but I also scored normally first, second, or third in most of the underground leagues too. Because uh, believe it or not, even though I don't know a lot about these people now, when you make me, when I make actual fight picks and write it down and compete with people, I do my research. You're as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know. I like competition. I, I'm not very good at many things, So, but if I find something I'm good at, I like to compete at it, and I was good at picking fights. Um, now, obviously, I'm not because I'm not putting any effort into it. I just show up and pick the guy who has the cooler nickname. But back when I was picking fights, I would like look up their records, go on to different websites, see what all the experts were picking, uh, wait until I always waited till the day of the fights because I always wanted to know who made weight and who didn't and how they looked doing it because I think that's super important. It's kind of dumb to pick a fight before the day of because you don't know how their someone's weight cut's gonna go. Yeah, I I would never put that much effort into it. I will just go off of just wild guesses picking against anyone from England. <laughs> you'll be embarrassed as fuck if passive jay kicks your ass at this so you might want to put a little more effort into it if we're going to do the actual fight league oh no i'll be able to do minimal effort and still be you know leagues above you <laughs> i like your confidence it's always more fun to beat confident people <laughs> well i mean you are the one that took random canadian lady over amanda nunez so like, that's not it's not exactly uh Believe it or not, two different experts that I read, because I did a little, a little bit of research for that one, and two different experts picked her and, you know, for the exact reasons that I gave. Uh, so obviously that didn't go well, but uh, it's not like I was the absolutely only one to, to pick uh, that lady as, uh, to win. Let me guess, Adelaide Bird and <laughs> maybe Stevie Wonder? Were those <laughs> the two? No, no, I actually I was reading an article on Bloody, uh, Bloody Elbow, they do a pretty good fight pick thing, and they have like four or five or six people uh, from their website put in their picks. And a couple more, like two of them said that. The, uh, I can't remember what the exact description was, but it was something you know, about how uh, if she can take her to the later rounds, she'll be, she should be able to take over. And and then she's the top, one of the toughest people that Nunes has fought, so she wasn't going to knock her out. And they were right about that part. They didn't knock her out, and it did go to the decision. It just didn't go to anything. Any, the rest of it was just completely wrong. Yeah, let me guess. These are the same people that if you look back through their history, they were like, yeah, James Tony, he has a fighting chance. <laughs> Did anybody say that? Did anybody give that dude any chance at all? That's got to be one of the most embarrassing picks you could have made. Oh, yeah, Tony's got this. And, you know, all the, all fights start on his feet. Yeah, Tony, Tony is a way better striker than Randy's ever encountered. He's not going to be able to take him down. He'll get lit up. And we saw how that went. <laughs> Well, yeah, like all the boxing fans, it's the same thing with all of the people that were dumb enough to think that Conor McGregor stood any chance against Floyd Mayweather. Like, obviously, <laughs> it's just the opposite dynamic there. But you had people that were absolutely sure. Be like, Conor's just going to destroy him. He hits so much harder. He's used to getting hit with these tiny gloves, so it'll be impossible to hurt him. Like, <laughs> no, he's going to get absolutely worked. Do you think uh, Floyd carried him through that fight? Hundred percent. Floyd Mayweather yeah. could have ended that within three rounds if he would have wanted to. 
he just wanted to put on a show and didn't want it to look like so much of a farce so in case he ever wanted to just kind of shit again. Well, yeah, if you carry him far enough, it makes your performance look, you know, like, hey, this was a tough fight. Like, maybe somebody's going to clamor for a rematch now. And also, right, there was right. that rumor, and I don't know how justified it was, but there was the rumor that there was a very, very large bet or a finish in the round that Floyd Mayweather finished him in. And some people thought that came from the Mayweather camp. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, hey, that'd be shitty. Hey there, Homelander. How you doing, boss? All right. Yeah, I agree with everything Dalton said, except Floyd did not expect to get hit with that body shot. That was not a low Ooh. blow from what I what was that like round eight, I think. I've never rewatched that match, so I'm not sure. Yeah, but, I, I know the uh, I know the Connor shot you're folded about. him over. I don't remember a, when it was. Right hook to the body, and it, it folded him over. Um, so that's why you don't carry people, and even in boxing, but <laughs> right or should right, yeah, anyway. I, I, but he definitely carried him. So do you think Connor, with Dalton? Do you, do you think Connor is uh, way stronger than most of the people Floyd had fought in this past? No, no, not at all. He just Floyd was what forty one. I th- I'm. 41, I think, when or maybe, yeah, something 40, like that. I don't know. Old enough, and he hadn't boxed in what two years, I think, two and a half years. So, so yeah, it was just, just kind of like a know, lucky shot that caught him bad. Yeah, I think, I think it was George Foreman that was like ranting and raving saying that that should have been a knockdown or actually should have stopped the fight. I think they didn't they stop the action. I shouldn't even be talking about this because I was probably drunk and only watched it once, but I seem to remember it that way. Yeah, I don't I remember if it was stopped or not. I'm kind of in the same. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. That I don't remember a lot of the specifics from the fight because yeah, I'd been drinking a bit during it too, and also just there wasn't anything super memorable. Anyhow, no, it, yeah, it's it sucked. I can't believe I yeah. spent what was that a hundred bucks? I think on that stupid shit. Holy shit, was that much? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't have a you know I didn't have uh, Dalton calls them fishing holes or whatever back then. I hadn't been on the you know the og or the ug so yeah, yeah. i can, ab- I can absolutely it. say that i did not pay any money for that fight uh, <laughs> yeah i, actually, I think i ended up like watching it somewhere and someone actually bought it uh that's how i've seen every boxing match i remember when i was in high school uh uh, I got invited, but uh, I have no clue why, but when I was a freshman, well, like a couple of the seniors, uh, I don't know, took pity on me or something and befriended me. Like one of, the, uh, one of the high school wrestlers, big guy named Chad Wright, invited me to his house to watch the Tyson fight. And that's the first time I'd ever seen a boxing fight. And I can't remember which fight it was, but it lasted, I think, 32 seconds or some shit like that. <laughs> and everybody was all disappointed about it, even though this was not Mike Tyson's first time doing that. Um, but... It was uh, interesting. Uh, I'd never experienced uh, that kind of, you know, just the energy in the room watching a Mike Tyson fight. Everyone was all super jacked up about it. It was a special experience, yeah. I mean, Tyson's one of the most overrated heavyweight champions of all time. I think I've already talked about that yeah. on your show. Long yeah, time yeah. So what yeah, do you think was... about uh, him and Roy Jones for the exhibition uh, here next month? Or what, I, I replied on us. There's a thread. There's a thread on the UG and one on the OG, and I replied to the one on the OG, and I fucking killed the thread. <laughs> I posted it and it fucking died. Uh, it's a basically it's a fucking joke, and that they're both oh, juice yeah. heads. So this 
this idea that if Tyson gets on TRT, he's going to make a run at the title, like Rogan saying and dumbasses. Uh, he was on all the steroids you could get your fucking hands on already, and it didn't work when Danny Williams beat the shit out of him, and he quit on the floor. He could have got up. I remember looking at his eyes during that boxing match like he's quitting. I mean, when people say he quit against Buster Douglas, I've seen dumbasses on the OG say that. That's ridiculous. He did not quit. He didn't know where the fuck he was, and he grabbed his mouthpiece. But they're trying to say he was like buying time, wanting to get counted out. No, he wasn't. He was fucking knocked out. But he did mm. quit against Danny Williams. And then the Kevin McBride thing, that's beyond laughable. So look at him against Kevin McBride, and he's in his mid, I think he was 36 maybe. Uh, probably off on that. But he's like 53 now. He's been obese, abusing cocaine and alcohol for 20 years at least. Like, look at him in 2009 in The Hangover. He's fucking like, I don't know, 300 pounds probably. And he was carrying that much weight for all these years. And he hits pads with Cordero, and all of a sudden he's going to be a world beater. He wasn't a world beater after the age of 30. And it's just... Right, right. And Roy Jones, man. Roy Jones was fucking great, but he's a big... He's probably the biggest juice head of them all. And yeah, uh, he hasn't been able to take a punch in what sixteen years, I think. Since the first time he fought Tarver. Uh, well, he, he. I actually had him winning that, and I was rooting against him. You know, a lot of people said Tarver got robbed. I think I had Jones by a point. He he gutted that one out, but uh, yeah, he got knocked the fuck out in the rematch against Tarver when Tarver did the. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Did you ever see that? It was <laughs> oh, yeah. it was pretty laughable. Yeah, I that the fucking stare. Yeah. And then Montel Griffin, so I- or not Montel Griffin, the uh, the other dude. Fuck. Uh, Montel Griffin Montel was the first one to get a win. It, it was a DQ. <laughs> nah, the fucking dude that knocked him out with a temple shot after Tarver too. I can't think of his so name. How, so how do you think this fight's going to well, go between Tyson and Jones? I don't know if it's really going to be a fight. I mean, it's an exhibition. And they're probably going to wear, what, like 16-ounce pillows on their hands? I haven't read anything right, right. about it other than what I saw on the OG. I read a little bit, and someone said that they're going to use uh, bigger-than-normal gloves, and they and there's agreement not to go for knockouts or some shit like that? Yeah, well, I mean, in an exhibition, you're not really supposed to. You know, like when Jack Dempsey was champion like a, over 100 years ago, they had real fights, and they called them exhibitions for legal reasons. But nowadays, I think an exhibition is an exhibition. I don't think they're going to try to kill hmm. each other. You don't think so? Don't you, you think if one of them gets a lucky shot and the other one then pisses them off, it might turn into a real fight? Well, I think I think where the problem is is that Roy's chin's so fucking gone. I don't think uh, a lucky shot will end the fucking fight. I don't think it'll, uh, you know, I don't think he'll just get, you know, stinky-legged and walk it off and then come back. I think he'll get fucking dropped. That hmm. dude's been shut off quite a few times. Some Russian and, and, dude shut his lights out like five years ago or six years ago. It was bad. And I remember seeing that. And so is there, is there any credence to the uh, people saying that uh, the more you get knocked out, the easier you are to get knocked out? I think so. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. You know, why is that? Get it back some with a lot of rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Why, He's a perfect example. Why is that? Is, I mean, they, they say his chin's gone, but I don't, understand well, how, how same, that works really the same reason i can't drink like i used to now i get fucking shit faced i don't remember what i did the next day <laughs> that never happened to me when i was in my 20s well that's also brain, brain function well, yeah once you once you injure your brain 
like it's not necessarily going to come back to 100 percent oh and it is just a neurological function that you get destroyed in the fucking head that it shuts everything off to keep you from you know getting killed oh okay that makes sense with because with the drinking thing that that made that one i always understood because as you drink more and more uh you kill your liver more and more so you can't uh handle the alcohol as much uh one of the things that you see with old people that are alcoholics is it doesn't take much to get them drunk anymore which is kind of crazy because you you drink more and more your alcohol talent goes up and up and all of a sudden it drops like a rock yeah buddy's dad was a big time drunk growing up and that fucker would be sloshed off two beers it was weird yeah i I used to work with a guy an older dude named richard and he was a hardcore alcoholic and i remember uh like you know, talking to the dude at work and then saying, yeah, yeah, uh, hey, come on over to my house. You know, I get, I get to his house like a half hour after work's over and he's already drunk out of his mind. And I used, and before I knew of this, I just assumed that he got home and slammed like eight or nine or 10 beers in a row or some crazy shit. And as it turns out, as I learned more about life, his liver was just so fucked up that it took like two beers to get him wasted. Yeah, that's probably true. But I also think it, your, I think your neurological function has changed because for me, you know, I used to be able to be so drunk, I was vomiting drunk, and I could walk a straight line perfectly, and I could pass a field sobriety test. I wouldn't be able to pass a smell, obviously. But now when I'm <laughs> shit-faced, I've actually fallen over in the living room. You know, so, yeah, I watch what I drink these days. But I don't think it's yeah. my liver. I think it's my brain's fucked up. I probably have brain damage anyway. But um, Anyway, yeah, I just yeah, called it, in it, to make a comment on the, uh, on the uh, Mayweather mcgregor thing i'm gonna drop you back should, off my call you should stick call around man so before you go quick question who do you yeah. got nate robinson versus uh jake paul in the undercard <laughs> for the tyson fight N- nate nate robinson probably if they did mma because that well, i never i can't keep those paul guys straight they're both youtube douches one of them they were both wrestlers right one of them was like a state uh, he he wasn't a state champion i don't think but he was a a high-level high school wrestler, wasn't he? I think maybe that was Logan Paul. Yeah, I think that might have been Logan, and I think this one is his brother Jake. I don't know his athletic background at all, but obviously he's not the athlete yeah. that Nate Robinson yeah. is. Yeah, and so I would say probably that Robinson guy. Well, but shit, I, don't, I, you should, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even kind of make a pick on that because I don't know shit about either guy. I'm just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You should you should stick around. We're gonna uh, finish up the normal show here in a minute or two, and and start the fight companion uh, part of it. You get you're always a good time when you're watching the fights with us. So oh, you're yeah, more than thanks. welcome. I might, I might call back in. I'm not I'm not even drinking tonight. I'm sitting here stone sober watching these fights, and I'm actually pretty bored. So I might watch something else. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> if I feel like it, I'll, I'll call back in. All right. Hey, by the time we get to the good fights. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for calling, Homelander. Appreciate All it. Right, later, Homelander. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know that's about time, I guess. Um, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. We can't do the show without you, and I always want to thank my uh, podcast partner, Big Dalton. Um, make sure you guys tune in. Uh, Big Dalton's going to be doing the fight companion, uh, so we're going to finish up here. Give him a couple minutes to probably go take a leak and shit like that, and then he'll be picking it back up again. Uh, what you got there, Big Dalton? Anything else? Yeah, so I think it is just a couple things. The first one is just the housekeeping idea of. What we're going to do when we go off the air here, we'll still be live on YouTube because I'm not cutting that into pieces because YouTube isn't stupid like Podbean and we'll let you stream for 24 hours if you want to. 
Um, nice. But I will go ahead and just kind of mute things up, take a, a good five minutes. I'm going to let the dogs out real quick so they can go take a piss. I will go take a piss. And then we're going to hunker down for six or seven hours worth of fights where I think I only know about half the fighters. <laughs> right on. Uh, what else you got, sir? I think the only other thing that I have to say, and this one especially goes out for anybody that goes to bed at 7 o'clock on a Saturday when there are fights on, fuck all y'all. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll see everybody tomorrow at 6. You guys have a good night. And don't forget to stick around for the Fight Companion. Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Hehehe. <laughs>